Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and as is Tuesday tradition, Andy's over on the Gulf Stream talking about the U.S. Open. So make sure you get over there, listen to it after you're done with us. And Matt Rooney is here to help me out, talk a little hockey, talk a little this baseball that continues on. It persists and I guess we have to talk about the Celtics game. Do you have anything to talk about before we talk about the Celtics game? I'm just glad these Tuesdays seem to be timing up pretty well with some hockey topics to talk about. It's not like we're reaching here five days in advance. We got a Stanley Cup final talking to talk to talk about starting tomorrow. But I think it's always just best to rip the Band-Aid off. So why don't we just let's just do it. Let's get it out. Of the, we're still, there's still time left. Still two games left. We're going home back to Boston. There's still some time. But let's let's turn this first segment into a let Alex vent session. How about that? Get it all off your chest. Get it all out there. You'll feel better. I don't even know if there's much to that. It's just like when stuff goes bad, boy, oh, boy, does it go bad. I mean, I didn't think that what happened on Friday, the way they just collapsed in on themselves like a dying star in the fourth quarter could really be any worse. But then they come out here, and, and kudos to this Stats by Stats Twitter account that put this together. Um, the Warriors missed 33 pointers, shot less than, um, I'm sorry, shot 15 or fewer free throws, lost the rebounding battle, and still won the game. Now, they did win the turnover margin, net or plus 11 on turnovers, so they net have more possessions here. Just Steph Curry has, a frankly, a bad game. I mean, if Boston can't win that game last night, it's going to be really tough to win this series. Now, they've been a good bounce-back team. We'll see what they do when they come at home, but it just, oof. I don't know how you even come into that game last night with any confidence, let alone leave it with any confidence. No, I am much more of, I won't call myself a basketball novice, but obviously you're much more experienced basketball better than I do basketball watcher, all of that. But simple thing that stuck out to me last night, that seems to be a a trend in, in series when you're playing really good teams like the Warriors make your free throws. Don't, I'm not saying you got to be a perfect 23 for 23, but I, I think it was Dan tweeted last night and they, I watched it when they had the little graphic up late in the game after Tatum went and missed, I think, two or maybe one of two late. Celtics were 14 of 23, 23 from the free throw line and down 11 with like four minutes left. I'm not saying you got to be 23 for 23, but in the NBA finals on the road against a team like the Warriors, you, you have to shoot better than 50% basically from the free throw line. You have to make... You have to be up there around 18 for 23, 19 for 23. You can't that, – that game has to be four, five, six points, not 11 with four minutes left. And I think that's – of all the things that they could have done to take advantage of that game, could have turned the ball over less. But, man, when you get free shots, you gotta you got to take advantage of more than Boston did to the tune of like 50%. Yeah, 21 for 31 was the actual numbers for the Celtics there at the free throw line. And that's the game, right? That plus the extra 11 turnovers. And that's that's mm-hmm. being sharp. That's being prepared. That's having spent kind of all season, again, getting your free throw reps in, being ready for those moments. And to me, the statistical way of saying, you know, maybe the Celtics aren't quite ready. We'll see if they can bounce back next year. But the Warriors really have just looked like the better team. And uh, the series prices were up there for a second. I don't know if I could have Back the Celtics. I mean, I've got a bunch of Celtics money in my back pocket, but it seems like it's uh, Warriors or bust. So you know, maybe parlay Steph Curry to win finals MVP with some goofy stuff or something. It kind of reminds me, I don't want to compare it too much to hockey, but it kind of reminds me of the, the Lightning Rangers series that we were talking about. I mean, Boston going into the fourth quarter, that uh, game four kind of seemed like they had Golden State on the ropes. They were kind of leading the whole way. And you get a heroic effort from Steph combined with not playing all that well. And you kind of let the champions back up off the mat, similar to the Rangers. They had a two nothing lead 
up in the series and the game going into the or midway through the second period of that game three. They kind of let the lightning up off the mat and they never look back. And it kind of seems like Golden State is, is at the point where you, you had us down, you let us back up, and, and now we're not looking back. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Let's get into the finals on the ice. We've got the lightning. We've got the avalanche. And I guess a lot, I just, how many people do you think would have picked this preseason? I can't remember if I asked you this, but it feels like this must have been one of the favorites for the Stanley Cup finals, if not the favorite, right? Yeah, this um, I, I would say probably – Florida would have been a little bit ahead of Tampa in terms. I would have to look back at it in season early season prices. The Lightning most of the way were about the second to fourth favorite in the East uh, most of the time, but I, I think a lot of people probably saw that as some value and had them. And the Avalanche from day one, I mean, they were like plus four hundred to win the West. The next closest was like plus you know a thousand plus nine hundred. So they've been pretty big prohibitive favorites. But I mean, this series looks absolutely awesome on paper and i'm really glad we ended up getting it because i mean not to make it an nba comparison again but this kind of feels like you know a passing of the torch kind of type series like it could be a a, a bulls getting over the pistons type of thing kind of becoming that next great team or it could also be a similarity to, to like a warriors Cavs, where we see these two teams in the finals probably not the next you know three years in a row but you know but this probably won't be the first time we see these two teams in the Stanley Cup finals, because even though the Lightning seem like they've been there forever, they're still like a, they're still a pretty young. They're, they're not a young group, but they're also not an old group. And they've done a great job of kind of, you know, replenishing the the young core and getting you know cheaper a little bit and keeping themselves competitive, relevant, obviously going to their third Stanley Cup finals. Um, but Dan put together some series prices here. Um I am I'm still all in on, on Colorado. I, I Tampa's been very good, obviously, the last few series, and they've kind of gotten better if things have, have gone on. But I just think that they're running into a, a better team. They're running into a fresher team. And I, I think at, you know, the minus 175, they're highlighted. I, I think that's actually some pretty good value to go get Colorado, put a couple units on. I don't really love the value at under, you know, plus – I mean, one plus 165 is the best price there. I think there's some more creative bets that I'll kind of get to um, on my series bet slide. But I, I really, I think Tampa's going to make it a series because they're too good not to. But in the end, I just think you have too fresh of an Avalanche team and too good of an Avalanche team. But but how about you? Is this a is this a heavyweight matchup that's going to get you tuned into a Stanley Cup final, especially when the NBA Finals are over? Absolutely. I, th- this is going to be a lot of fun. I watch a bunch of the Colorado games and, and the Tampa Bay games. I mean, it's it's always fun to have a dynasty. And I'm looking back here. If Tampa wins, they'll have three-peated. Now, mm-hmm. do you know when the last time a team three-peated was? I'll give you a hint. They actually in, four-peated. That the Islanders back in the 80s, right? Yep. 81 to 83. You had a couple back-to-backs. The Penguins have done it a couple times. 2016 and 2017 is the most recent back-to-back, but it's always cool to see if a team like Tampa Bay can put it together. And like you said, in my little bit of hockey knowledge, it does seem like they've done a good job front office-wise of taking care of veterans and sort of weaning them down while at the same time bringing in some younger guys to sort of keep this going. And they've got a great goalie, so that's kind of everything, right? That helps, and I'm going to get to my bets here. That is the Lightning's path to winning this series. It's it's they haven't won the previous two series because, you know, they've just relied on Andre Vasilevsky and obviously they're going to get need to get a little bit more out of him if they want to win this series. But don't get me wrong. If they win this series, it's because Colorado fell a little bit short in net and Andre Vasilevsky 
stood on his head, which he's very, very capable of doing, as we've seen at times. And that is why I don't think the, you know, Lightning plus 165 is all that much of a value bet. I think I would be going with, if you think the Lightning are going to win the Stanley Cup, Andre Vasilevsky at plus 430, that's essentially, in my mind, a Lightning money line ticket. Because if they win, Nikita Kucherov has been very good. He's got 23 points in 17 games but I don't think he's been to the point where, you know, he's had all these, he's had some nice memorable plays, but it's not like he's got a whole bunch of game winners. He's just been a very good player throughout. Steven Stamkos has been better as the, as the playoffs have gone on, but he's only got 15 points in 17 games. So he's not even a point per game mark. And there's just already kind of the narrative that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie. He's the clutchest goalie. He always comes up in the big moments. And if the Lightning win the Stanley cup, unless somehow, he starts allowing four goals a game and the, and the lightning are able to win a track meet against Colorado, which I don't see happening. Um, he's going to be the con Smythe if the lightning win. So plus four thirty for me, that's a lightning money line series bet. And obviously you got a whole lot better value there. I do think the abs game one series one parlay is the way to go though. I think it's paying out around plus one ten. Um, they've been great in game ones this year, this year I wrote, uh, I had a blog uh, this morning with my picks they scored, they scored uh, seven goals in game one against Nashville. They scored three goals in game one against St. Louis, but they also recorded 54 shots on goal and absolutely dominated. They just ran into a hot goaltender that they still put up three goals against. And then in game one against Edmonton, we all saw what happened there with the eight-goal performance. They uh, they know how to start series fast, and I don't think that's going to change here tonight because, as, we, as we've seen on the other side with Tampa, they haven't really started series fast. Uh, they obviously lost to New York. I don't want to say handedly, but New York looked really good and looked like the faster, better team in that game one. Uh, in game one against Toronto, they, they got boat raced. I think it was like five to one, something like that. They lost pretty easily. And again, game one against Florida, even that sweep, they ended up winning four to one. But Florida was kind of in control of that game through the first half until a bad, couple bad bounces didn't go their way. And then Tampa took over. So Tampa has been a team that gets better as the series goes on. And I don't think spotting the abs with a one or two game series lead is going to work this time because John Cooper said it in their press conference after they beat the Rangers, you know, credit to the Rangers. They're a great team. They just kind of ran out of gas playing two seven game series. And that's where, you know, Tampa benefited not having, you know, two long series, having that one quick one. And while they got affected early on, they got better as the series went on. Colorado's played 14 games so far in the playoffs. They, they have two sweeps in one six game series. Tampa's played 17 not to mention a whole bunch of hockey, you know, since the 2020 Stanley Cup run. So I, I love Tampa. And if you told me they won the Stanley Cup, it would never surprise me because they are that good. And they, they're, they're champions. They know how to win games. But, man, it just kind of seems like this is a uh, this might be a brick wall and too good of a team that they're running up against. Yeah, Patrick has a kind of an interesting point. What's it going to be like for Colorado to play an actual goalie for the first time in a little while? You know, I <laughs> – I think how does that usually go St- even historically? I think against like, St. Louis, they I mean they got they lucked out against Nashville at UC Soros, who's a Vezina trophy finalist, was hurt. He couldn't go. I mean, St. Louis, they did go up against Jordan Bennington, who while it was not he's not of the ilk of Andre Vasilevsky, he won a con Smythe two year no, I don't think he won a con Smythe. I don't remember if he or Ryan O'Reilly won the con Smythe a couple of years ago, but if if he didn't win the con Smythe, he was right up there for it. He was really darn good and he's a playoff proven goalie, and he got hurt early on but the abs were able to get to him a little bit. Um, it's going to be a little bit more frustrating because they are not going to get the cheap goals that Mike Smith allowed them. But I, I, I think they're just still too good. I, I think there's too much there. And I still think they just kind of keep coming at you. 
it's not like it's the first like time they played a good goalie. Is there like a history of great offenses versus great goalie? Like, does does one generally beat the the other way? The way people tend to think that great defenses win in the NFL and stuff like that. Like, is there any narrative? You know, good goalies are very very capable of winning series, but most of the time, the better team's going to win the series. And Colorado is not like uh, like for a Florida team example that has a very high powered you know four lines that has their holes defensively. Colorado with the exception of game one against Edmonton, where they got a little aggressive, they don't really have that many holes defensively. They have the best defenseman in the world. And quite honestly, right after Connor McDavid, probably the best hockey player in the world in Kale McCarr. Uh, if they're getting Darcy Kember back, he's not, he's not an elite goalie, but he's a very solid goaltender. It's not like he's a Mike Smith type where he's a roller coaster and he's letting in all these softies. He's still a pretty good player. Who's been there for a long time, been in the playoffs quite a few times. So I, I it's an advantage for Tampa, but if, if Kemper's going, it's not like this light years ahead advantage as it would have been with Mike Smith and that. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, though, because that's definitely the storyline is can Andre Vasilevsky win one more series for him? I can dig it. It'll be again, it'll be great to watch a chance for, you know, Tampa to make continue to make history really at this point. And it'll be fun. I mean, give me the goalie. What the hell? I like an underdog, you know. You can't cannot fault you for that. But yeah, if, if you like if you like the goalie, that's as good as a as a Tampa to win the series money line bet, I think, for me. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. But let's get into tennis. Pretty good start to the day. McNally got it done outright. We've got Bolter up a set so far, and we'll see if Freck can make a comeback or as uh, I saw foot around the chat. Maybe she'll just quit for us. That's never never mind a push on retirement. Um hopefully she's healthy though. Just one pick for me tomorrow. Again, timing is really tough. There are only a couple lines open in Birmingham. Um, if you've got Corey Goff and anything better than 600, minus 600, parlay that with something. Go ahead, toss that in with something. I haven't hooked up with a few things that had already happened, but um, nothing really, again, stuck out to me in the few lines there were. But one total, Carolina Pliskova going against Bianca Vanessa Andreescu tomorrow, 21 and a half. I'm seeing this a pretty much standard juice, even a little bit less some places. This should be 22, not 22 and a half. Both of these women play very long matches. Um, Going to probably play some first set overs here as well once those start to open up a few places. If you see a cheap nine and a half or even a 10 plus money, something like that, go ahead and play that too. There's a good chance to see a tiebreaker in this match and uh, both women, again, feature three set matches in their career. Didn't necessarily love that price. Um, the correlation just wasn't the way. It's just looking at the correlation, there was more value in the 21 and a half than just taking the two and a half sets. So Pliskova, Andreescu, over, going to take the 21 and a half games again there in the total. But look for some first set overs and things like that, which should be kind of a long, fun match tomorrow morning in Berlin. I think it's as early as 4 a.m. tomorrow. 4 a.m. I don't think I'm going to catch that one. I think I might have to catch the replay. That's one of those. It's hopefully it is at 4 a.m. because I don't have to worry about it because I just wake up and it happened. Where if it's like 6 or 7 a.m., then like I'm trying to do stuff, but it's over there and I'm kind of sweating what's going on. It can be distracting. Uh, I, I I like that. It's what you just wake up and see. Like we talked about starting the the show, ripping the bandaid off. Same thing with the bet. You know, just wake up, rip the bandaid off. Either won or lost. I kind of I kind of like that idea. Just overnight betting. I don't even watch. So we got tennis on grass. Do you know what other sports played on grass, Matt? Well, I guess sometimes. Baseball. I guess there's still some turf. It's both. There. It's a little bit of both. It's definitely grass and dirt. Huh. Both. The outfielders are always on grass. I'm a naturalist. What can I say? What do you got for us today? I see some total base props. 
I'd you know, I love Cardinals, same game. You're going to back the Cardinals? Are you no, I'm backing the Cardinals. Think? You're not supposed to like the Cardinals. Oh, I don't mind the Cardinals. As a White Sox fan, I guess I you're a White Sox fan. I'm That's a White Sox fan. fan. I got nothing against the Cardinals. You Actually, probably like the Cardinals then. I root for the Cardinals a lot because I enemy like of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, I I wanted to go with the there's 12 10 uh, game today. We had day baseball, so I wanted to make sure I got a pick in there. So this is I should have specified on the graphic. I did not. That's my bad, Dan. Uh, this is for game one. I guess if you want to go with game two, I wouldn't tell you wrong. It's fine, too. Uh, I just believe Goldschmidt likely it, it probably plays both, but he'll most likely for sure be in game one. Uh, let's go with Paul Goldschmidt to record a hit in the Cardinals minus one and a half. They're a much better team than the Pirates. The Pirates, I believe, dropped like five or something in a row. Cardinals are playing pretty decent baseball. And Paul Goldschmidt's really good. Uh, he has had three hits last night. I think he had coming off like a I don't want to call it a slump, a mini slump where he was hitless for three games. He was hitting really well before that. He's the best hitter in their lineup, hitting like 330 this year. So a same game parlay, him to just, you know, poke out a base hit in the Cardinals to beat the Pirates by a couple of runs. We talked about how, how you know, most baseball games end or decided by more than, you know, run. I like this year, same game parlay, give you something to root for at noon, central, one o'clock Eastern, wherever you're watching when this thing gets going. And Jose Abreu and the White Sox are in Detroit today. Jose Abreu had two home runs last night against the Tigers. He absolutely mashes the Tigers. He's hitting like 340 against them throughout his career. Um, the Tigers are in a rebuild situation. I forgot who they're throwing out today, but I'm not sure it totally really matters because they've been pretty bad throughout that rotation. And Jose Abreu doesn't really seem to care who he faces on the Tigers because those teams change a lot. And he still mashes. So that that's a play for me. Two plus total bases at plus 100. Three plus total bases at plus 220. I thought about going with the to hit a home run. But if he goes two for four with two doubles, I don't want to be really mad at myself. Um, you could probably do them. I, I could see the, the numbers are turning in your head there for the match. Come on. I could, okay, you know what? Fine. Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Jose Abreu, I think it was plus 450 or something, plus 470. Fantastic. Hit a home run on FanDuel. Let's, let's go with that. Let's go. This is like when Andy, I remember I did a show with him last summer. I gave out like Tim Anderson two-plus total bases and three-plus total bases against the Twins. And he ended up with like eight total bases. And Andy just kept saying after every at-bat, he just kept betting Tim Anderson one more plus, one more total bases. <laughs> ended up winning like 11 units on the bet. Um, but let's go with that. Just Jose Abreu every way. Uh, every time he plays the Tigers. Is Use him in DFS, do all the stuff. But yeah, yeah, I like that. Once you're going, I mean... And again, I don't know if there's value there. Just mentally, it would be hard for me to make those two bets and not bet a bit of a home run. Like, you know, what the hell? Let's just. Why, yeah, why not? That's fair. Throw it on there. Yeah, a little it's on the graphic. It's, on, again, it's, on, the, it's on the card. Let's play it. Then, Patrick, we got a pick from the chat here. Uh, O's Jays over nine today. What do you think of that? Uh, the Jays hit it by themselves last night, and the, and the Orioles are. Uh, the Jays seem to hit really, really well at home. So I kind of like that. I'm not sure what the pitching matchup is, but. Um, anytime you tell me to bet an over in baseball, I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. Let's, let's watch it root for some runs. Now in my mind, and this could be about two to three year old information, are the Blue Jays still really good and the Orioles are still really bad? You know, the Orioles are still bad, but mm. like they were expected to be like bottom feeder bad this year. And they've, I think, surprised some people with how not terrible they are. I'm not going to say good. Not terrible is probably the not word. Terrible is good. It's, it's, and the uh, Blue Jays started uh-huh. out kind of average. They're supposed to be an ale, ale you know, championship contender started out average and then they went out and uh, won like 10 in a row and they've been a lot better as of late. So they're right up there, with, you know, the best teams in the AL. There you go. Well, that's pretty fun. Anything else for the people here, Matthew? Um, oh, Dan said he saw Vasilevsky at 
plus 1400 a while ago for the Smythe a couple weeks ago. If you have that ticket, I think I say this a lot, probably go flip it on prop swap, get it for something good, and then go ahead and take Vasilevsky at plus 430 again. Make sure you win yourself some money there. That's too good of an investment not to win some money, in my opinion. No, I like that quite a bit. And again, prop swap's arguably the best way to flip some of those futures around. And someone that does a lot of that math, you know, again, I went back to the situation where I had Coco Golf in the final at 35 to 1 against Egan to lock in any sort of profit. It was like a 30-unit bet, which, of course, not that I, you know, I don't know who has 30 units lying around like that. But it's obviously very tough to even get that much down. So PropSwap, one of our sponsors, but not only just because it's our sponsor, we love the utility of it. Check them out. Thanks again always to FanDuel. And in case you were wondering, FanDuel has the best Alatoris price for the U.S. Open. See you tomorrow. Check it out.